Hello and welcome back to the Keeping It Arcadia podcast, Apaches. Thank you so much for tuning in to the 8th episode of Season 3 of the Keeping It Arcadia podcast, brought to you by the students in Arcadia High School's Digital Communications Internship, or DCI for short. My name is Jeffrey Lee, and I'm the host for today. The team and I are so sorry for the less frequent uploads this month. College apps and senioritis have taken its toll, but as it all begins to wind down, I promise to fight my senioritis to the best of my ability, and I will bring you more episodes. Today, we have three topics on the table. The first is an in-depth, interesting look about the French exchange program, where students in Arcadia get to go to France, and French students come to Arcadia. Uh, hello, my name is Sophia Notch, and I'm here with Madame Vaughn to talk about the exchange French program here at Arcadia High School. So, Madame Vaughn, can you tell us a little bit about how this French program came to start? Yes, well, the French program has been here since the beginning of the school year. I mean, the, since, <laughs> since the beginning of the school in the 1950s. Um, but the French exchange program... Mm-hmm started after I was able to do a Fulbright teacher exchange. So I literally swapped jobs with a French woman who teaches English. She came here and did my job. I got to go there and teach English for a year. It was amazing. And then when I came back, we both agreed that we wanted to host each other's kids. So she came first uh, and we figured out which of their vacations would be best. And they have lots of vacation in France. So they came during their February vacation. And I was able to convince 20-something of my students um, to host uh, her students for two weeks. And that means having a room with a bed, uh, feeding them some meals, and then they come to school every day. But on some of those days, they go off and they do field trips with their teachers because they're here to see L.A. as well. But they did get to go to classes with us. And so it started in 2011. And for every year since then, we have hosted French kids in February, about 20 or 25 of them. I started doing the reciprocal part with my students. Um, in 2012 was the first time I, I, th- that I was able to take students. And not every single year since then, but many of them, and now it's every year, I take a group of around 20 advanced level students, so French 3 and French 4, and they get to go and stay with the same kids that they hosted if they hosted, and otherwise we are able to find them a family as well. Uh, And they get this amazing experience of being immersed in the French culture. They get to go to school for a few days. We also visit Paris. And what ends up happening as a result of this two-way exchange is that these kids often become friends for life, uh, and they keep being in touch year after year after that. Um, While they're here, all of the French students in the French program benefit, even if they're not hosting, because the French kids from France, we call them the Frenchies, <laughs> the Frenchies come and they talk to the classes. In French one, they talk to us a little bit more in Franglais, um, more, more English than French. Yes. Um, and as we get to the upper levels, we have full-on conversation groups with these French kids as they come in. And... It's absolutely transformative. It's so exciting to see my students realize, oh my God, they actually understood me when I spoke French to them. (laughs) It's very encouraging. And it helps them see what exists out there in the rest of the world, the fact that they could go to study abroad when they're in college. Um, Or when they get into an upper level of French, that they could travel with me. Um, During spring break is when we go. Uh, The other thing that's really cool about this is that the French kids who come get to follow the classes of, yes. of remember, their host person. I remember person. myself like having a, in my French class, 
Uh, it was just like I just saw them and, and then like I talked to them a little bit. I remember seeing them in my English class as well. So I've seen them around. It's really cool. Yeah, and so the students who aren't even in the French program get to benefit um, from meeting somebody that's from a very different culture. Clearly, we are very multicultural here at Arcadia High School. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but we don't have a lot of French people running around, and so and so and Europeans in general. Um, and so we we are the only program, the only language that has any exchange at all. We are the only program to host. Uh, for a couple of weeks. Um, the Chinese program, and maybe it's Japanese, have a one-day host where kids come from somewhere else, but they don't actually stay in the homes of our kids. I don't think we have any Spanish host from any country, whether Spain or another Spanish-speaking country. Um, and I think we're the only uh, program that actually travels to the foreign country where the language is spoken. So I'm pretty proud of that. It's, it's a lot of work. Um, it's been a lot of time in preparation, but it is so worth it on every level. Definitely. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to being in that program myself, hopefully. Because you're in French 2 now. Yes. So are you thinking about traveling in French 3 or in French 4? Yes, definitely. And also, uh, so you guys uh, stay like with host families in France. So it's like the same families just exchanging students, correct? Usually it's the same families, but not everybody who travels to France is, is able to host, and it's not a requirement. And so sometimes, instead of the person traveling who hosts, it's other enthusiastic French students who are younger, maybe French two students. For example, you, Sophie, you could host this year. And um, so sometimes other kids that aren't traveling get to have the opportunity to host, um, even when they're not going to be the ones that travel, for whatever reason. Um, and, and so, yeah, everybody gets to sort of have that experience. It is great, though, when it is a reciprocal experience and the person hosts and then they go and they stay with that same family. All right. And what do you guys do while at France? Like, where do you guys go? Uh, what do you guys do? Well, we stay. So we're in France not quite two weeks. Um, they miss four days of school, but don't tell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's not officially a school trip. The administration approves that, and they know that we're doing this. And it is a privilege for me. I get to travel with kids. It's like a, it's like a, every time that I travel with students, it's like a, a first time for me again because I get to experience all of their excitement for their. Sometimes it's their first time traveling, and it's usually their first time traveling that far away without parents. Um, we visit important landmarks in the in the city of Lyon. Lyon is the second or third largest city depending on whether you include the suburbs yeah. um, in France, after Paris, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and so we visit important sites there. And on the weekends, the kids are 100% with their families, which means they do whatever their families do. And, of course, they become tourists in their own town. Just like when the French kids come here, our kids end up going to the beach, to a beach maybe that they've never been to. Or, or they try boba. <laughs> or they try boba, exactly. Although our students already know boba. But yes, the French yeah, yeah, kids yeah, get to when the French kids come. Exactly, they yeah. come and they try boba. They don't usually like it, but they try it. Yeah, that's, that's what they're just, here to do. Just, you know, getting a taste of the different cultures. Exactly. And we always spend a few days in Paris as well, because a trip to France would not be complete if they didn't see the Eiffel Tower and walk along the Champs-Élysées and go inside the Louvre and some other really important museums. Um, so we make it fun. There's a lot of walking. Um, and they speak French the whole time. Not every word is in French, but the idea is that if they're in French 3 or French 4, yeah. they are actually going to be able to use the language. Yeah, so they're fluid in it, and they actually get to like 
you know, learn it, like, as I speak. Yeah, and some of the students, this is in April, so when they come back, some of the students are seniors in AP French, and it's, they're like, oh, madame, everything's changed, and now I can just open <laughs> my mouth up and speak French. And it, it works wonders on the AP test. It's pretty awesome. That's a wonderful thing. It is. And from a student point of view, like, from what you've been told from students, uh, what, what, what have you been told? Like, how, what do they think of the trip? They love it. They do. They know that I'm there to make them speak French. So even when they don't really feel like it, they're like, oh, madame, oui, en français, en français. <laughs> but um, they, they are stepping outside their comfort zone. Some of them are scared to death to go. And they sign up anyway, and they're like, oh, my God, what am I thinking? At least my friend will be there with me. Sometimes mm -hmm. they have a friend they sign up with. Um, but they, they realize that they're trying something that is going to allow them to grow up to become more abundant. And I'm there. I'm kind of like a mom um, so that nothing bad happens to them. Um, and the reality is that they come back changed. Um, they have more confidence. They have something to write about for their college apps uh, mm -hmm. because this kind of an experience, hosting and traveling, it's transformative. And it's the kind of thing, actually, that colleges are looking for. They're looking for students who are willing to step outside their comfort zone Definitely. And be vulnerable and do something that um, that sets them apart from others. Yeah, it's a, it's a truly great experience. It, and so, like, in the future, like, you're really looking forward to keeping this program going, adding anything? Um, or Well, every year I have a commitment to doing this every single year. It is part of the joy that I get from teaching. Right, the, the promise that I can offer to the younger students, I'm teaching French one right now, and I get to say to them, well, when I take you to France, when you're in French three or French four, you will get to see this like students did last year. And I show them pictures, and I tell them stories, and it's what makes my teaching real. And so, you know how we have to sleep to recharge our batteries at night? Well, I have to recharge my French battery. And the way that I do that is by going to France, and I get to take this trip. Some teachers are like, I would never travel with students. That's too much work. There's right. Of course, it's tons of work. Yeah, but um, it's very uh, rewarding at the end. It is so rewarding. It's a great thing you're doing this for the French students. Well, you're welcome, and and thank you, thank you for letting me have the opportunity to, to tell other people about it because <laughs> it it is truly a joy. Um, and it's not about your level in French either. It's not like only the best students can go. Yeah, it's just about the experience of who wants to go. They do still have to be in French. You yeah, can't, definitely. You can't travel with me if you're not currently enrolled in French three or French four. Right. Um, and so that's French part of the, students better sign up. So <laughs> so signing up for French allows you to get to this opportunity. Um, I also throw a. a, a a pointer out there um, a lot of students wait till their sophomore year to sign up for any language and that takes away their opportunity to get to AP you can't mm. get to AP French if you haven't started in French one it makes it a lot harder um, uh, same with the other languages so whatever language you choose to take in high school a lot of students choose between that and a, and a science and my comment is you can always take science during summer school but you cannot take language during summer school. So start yeah, your yeah. start your language experience Just in French start, 1. Yeah, that way you can travel faster uh, to the to France program. Yeah, you can go in your junior year instead of waiting till your senior year. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Uh, Bien sûr. Uh, merci beaucoup. C'est moi qui te remercie. <laughs> I'm so glad that you asked. Thanks very much. Of course. Next, let's dive through the phenomenon that is daylight savings time with our daylight savings expert, Grace Lee. Does it work? Are Americans the only one who do it? Hi everyone, I'm Grace and today I'm going to be talking about daylight savings. 
Why exactly do we do it? Does only America participate? It's all so mysterious to most of us, even though we've all been living through this cycle for our entire lives, and yet most of us really only know that we should set our clocks an hour forward in the spring and an hour back in the fall. But even this piece of information isn't true for the entirety of the United States. Although most states within America do participate in daylight savings, Hawaii and most of Arizona and New Mexico actually don't. And there are always jokes and misconceptions about the fact that the U.S. is the only country to implement daylight savings, but there are actually more than 70 countries out of 195 existing on Earth that participate too. However, even though other countries do daylight savings, not all of them even start or end on the same day. For example, Australia started on October 6th this year, while we started on March 10th. So why is that? And why is everything so confusing? And how does it all work? Well, Daylight Savings was originally created by some Canadians in 1908, but was actually popularized and used by a whole country in 1916. Germany introduced Daylight Savings in an attempt to conserve fuel that would be used for electric lighting during World War I. This concept quickly spread to the UK and France, but was ditched after the war was over. Soon after the Second World War started again, most of Europe went back to using it. So this brings up the question that everyone has. Does daylight savings even really work? Well, the answer for now is unfortunately no. But that's not to say that daylight savings had never worked before. The main reason why the amount of energy saved from daylight savings is marginal now is that with modernized lifestyles and advanced technology, energy is constantly being used despite longer evenings. We always have lights on in rooms at school, we're always charging our phones, and the AC is always on. It was actually found in 2006 in Indiana. Daylight savings actually caused energy usage to increase rather than decrease. So if it doesn't even work, why do we still have it? This question is actually under heavy debate. People on either side of the argument feel very strongly about their own opinions. Those who are pro-daylight savings claim that it really does save energy, especially in the spring and summer months, and that it'll be safer outside for a longer time because the sun is out longer. The opposing side states that the side effects of daylight savings in relation to humans are negative, such as increased tiredness as well as a loss of productivity. They also use scientific studies that prove the correlation between deaths with daylight savings. These studies showed that there are actually more car accidents and heart attacks during the week of the time change. So with all this in mind, what do you think? Should we keep daylight savings since it's already been in our system for such a long time anyway? Or should we abolish it because there aren't enough positive aspects that come with it? Well, that's all I have for today. I hope you guys learned something, and thank you so much for listening to the Keeping It Arcadia podcast. See you next time! Last but not least, you might have noticed that the student tab on our AUSD website, ahs.ausd.net, has changed, and it is because of two tech-savvy students at Arcadia High School. Daniel Agura has the scoop. Hi everyone, it's Daniel from the DCI podcast team, and today I'm joined here with Shinjini Das and Kelly Kwok, the two creators of the new Arcadia High School student website. So to start off with, um, how are both of you guys doing today? Hi, I'm Shinjini, and I'm doing pretty well today. <laughs> I'm Kelly, I'm doing good. Uh, so I'm a senior, and I will say I'm pretty glad college apps are over. It was quite hectic. Hi, I'm Kelly. Um, yeah, winter break just ended. I'm not really happy to be here, but I'm a second semester senior now, so it's oh, pretty fun good. Fun stuff. <laughs> um, speaking of your transition from first semester senior to second semester senior, we can also relate that to um, our transition between our old school website and our new school website. So can you guys tell me a little bit about the new school website? Um, so basically before, it was really hard to navigate 
the website, like you couldn't find any links to like the forms that you needed or like uh, even like, I don't know, like the library resources that you needed. So Dr. Tone reached out to us to help um, kind of remodel the website and make it more easy to navigate from a student standpoint because we know what students need because we're students too. Yeah, so we he made us basically create the new students page. So if you go onto the Arcadia High School website now, um, everything's the same, but if you click on the student site, instead of having a drop-down menu, there's now a new Google Sites. So he basically wanted us to transition into a Google Sites, um, and ours was like the first experimental phase of it, I guess, because his long-term goal is to have everyone working on Google Sites because it's much easier than like what we use right now, which I think is like Edleo. So um, we changed it, and then we had um, a form that we made for students to like give us suggestions and things that we can improve on. We made a Google form and like a feedback survey and we've gotten some good uh, feedback um, and there's so, uh, there's still a lot to improve, but yeah. Yeah, that's great. And so you talked a lot about um, it being an experiment and I know with experimentation, there also comes a lot of inspiration. So what was some inspiration that you two had with this new website? So since we were using Google Sites, I think in our heads at first we wanted to use, we wanted to have a very aesthetic looking page because I know a lot of people say that the Arcadia High School website is not as you know like nice looking. So we tried to um, make it more like pleasing to the eye, and it's just like we just went off of like other pretty websites that we've seen, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, I also took inspiration from like people's. Um, I did polls on Instagram, mm -hmm. so then um, people's replies, I took that into account. So then, um, for example, my friend suggested that we add a column of like all the forms oh, for yeah, people yeah. to find. <coughs> so then um, I inputted that because honestly, that's what most students use the website and for. And the quick links. Yeah. Yeah, the quick links are really helpful too. Yeah, I think that's great that you guys are trying to like make it more um, user friendly and yeah. aesthetically pleasing. And so you also mentioned like that the current school website is kind of like unpleasing to look at so what were some like other challenges that you had with creating this new website so each uh page that we have on the arcadia website is it belongs to a different admin so what we had to do for the students page even though we linked like the library um links at first we recreated like every single website but then it was hard because like um the librarian couldn't access her own website so we had to like give um like we had to share the website with them as well so right now like the problem is that we're trying to like bridge it between admin and students and so we're gonna have to work on that um in the future because it's still not like set so um and we also have to work with asb yeah. because we we're gonna graduate soon so we can't keep updating the yeah. page yeah. um so we have to give them access so that they can update all the form update all yeah. the events coming up stuff like that yeah. And speaking of the future, um, what do you hope future students will benefit from your new website? We just really want to make sure that when people go to the student's website, it's easily, like, it's easily very, it's easily accessible and also you can navigate it well. Because I know like when I used to go on the website, I could not find anything because it was a drop down menu and I didn't know what to click. But now there's also a search bar so you can like just type in what you need. For example, like if you need like, oh, like power school, you can just type in power school and it will come up. So we just wanted to make sure that it was easy for students to like use. We're also hopefully going to remodel the teacher website yeah. and the on all the other pages so the student page is just the first step mm -hmm. so after we finish this we're going to try to do the other pages as well yeah.
Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, well, I wish you guys the best of luck on your new website, and thank you for your time here today. And from all of us here at GCI, we wish you guys the best of luck in the future. Thank you. Thank you. That will conclude this episode. This has been Jeffrey with Arcadia High School's DCI, and the podcast team hopes you've enjoyed our 51st episode of all time. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe for more weekly content. Please visit the list of other episodes on our new AUSD DCI page. The link is dciausd.weebly.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. This is Keeping Arcadia signing off.